What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome back to ACRAC. I'm Jed Wolpaw. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy and dealing as best they can with all of the changes uh, from COVID, both in your personal lives and, of course, at work. Uh, This is just going to be a very short um, audio piece uh, with an attached video, and I'll explain. Uh, We are trying to just get out uh, as much information and anything that might be helpful as we can. And so one of our fantastic faculty who's taken a major role in our new airway teams, Dr. Christina Miller, put together a really nice Zoom tutorial uh, with some of the uh, otolaryngology residents here uh, because they may be, as we face the upcoming surge, helping out uh, to supplement our anesthesia ranks when it comes to managing the airways of these patients. And so she kind of uh, took an approach to dealing with this on a Zoom meeting that was recorded, and uh, she wanted to uh, try to get this out there. And you'll see there's some faces of the residents um, recorded as well. They were all okay with it being released. Um, But there's been a lot of people asking if there's any video uh, out there that shows some of this stuff. And since Christina did this, it's not the most professional in the sense that it wasn't edited and kind of cut together beautifully, um, but it covers a lot of really good stuff. And so we figured it would be good to get it out there for anyone who's interested. Uh, So I'm going to just tell you a little bit about what's in there and some of the highlights, and then we will post the link to the video in the show notes. So if you want to see it, you can. So Christina is going to start in the video talking about the kind of concept of PPE, personal protective equipment, obviously a really hot topic these days, both because we don't have a lot of it and we're trying to conserve it, and it's different when we're dealing with COVID than what we normally use when we're just doing an intubation. And so she'll talk a little bit about first the pathogen and how that matters. So obviously COVID is one particular pathogen, but a lot of the PPE considerations are transferable to other pathogens as well. So you need to ask yourself, how is this pathogen transmitted? Is it 
just we need to avoid contact? Is it droplet or is it airborne? And then what about bodily fluids? Is it in the sputum? Is it in blood? Where else might it be? And then, of course, you need to ask, what is the procedure you're doing? So, for example, intubation or another procedure with the potential for aerosolization is a different thing than going in, for example, to do a central line where you aren't necessarily going to have any aerosolization of virus from the respiratory tract, but you at the same time would want to be sterile. And so the type of PPE is going to depend on what you're doing, what the pathogen is, and where that pathogen is located to the best of our knowledge. And then, of course, we need to know what equipment is available. So there's a difference between the ideal equipment and the equipment we actually have, or at least a potential difference there. And so you need to know what's available and then how to keep it being available. In other words, how to conserve this stuff. And so she'll touch on that a little bit. Of course, different creative ideas may be coming out all the time. I saw a video someone sent around today about how to use rubber bands to create a tighter seal in a surgical mask that may actually screen out as much particle as an N95 if used this way. Now, I have no idea if this video is accurate. I can't verify it, Um, but someone did send that around, and at least the person talking says they are a former Apple engineer who has come up with this, and they're working on different versions. So again, I'm not going to recommend that or even post a video because I don't know if it's uh, even real, but my point is that there are different ways to be innovative about preserving the PPE that we do have. I know there are some institutions that are Uh, able to clean N95s. You can't just take liquid cleaner because that can break down the membrane. But what I've heard is that BioQuell, which is aerosolized um, uh, hydrogen peroxide, can clean these things safely and maybe also UV light as well. So there's different things being done out there to try to preserve what we've got. And that's an important consideration as well. The next piece is going to be about donning and doffing of PPE. And the point here is that having adequate PPE is only part of the battle. If you don't don it and doff it appropriately, it's not going to protect you. And so it's really important that when you've got this stuff on, you're putting it on safely, and probably even more importantly, you are taking it off safely. One of the real key things that we're trying to do here, and not always able to, but we're trying, is to always have an observer who can help with that, a trained observer, I should say, to help watch and instruct so that you take off and take uh, put on and take off the PPE appropriately. But it's really important to know how to do this yourself because, of course, you're not always going to have an observer there. Christina will point out that it's really important to take your time putting this stuff on. If you rush because it's a relatively emergent intubation that you're going to do and you're not safe and you then get contaminated, you not only could spread the virus, you could get sick yourself and then you are not going to be useful to future patients. So being very careful, for example, to examine all of the layers and make sure there are no holes in them. I have put on sterile gloves before and found out that there was a hole in the sterile gloves right out of the package. So it's not common but it can happen, and so you want to be careful. Again, if someone's helping you look, that's great. If not, then you need to do it yourself, making sure ties are tied and that there's no gaps between layers so that you are covered in every way that you are supposed to be. Christina will go through the importance of using hand sanitizer between each step. So this, if you've seen it in written algorithms, it it almost seems kind of uh, like it might be a typo because it says 
you know, do take off one set of gloves, Purell, another set of gloves, Purell, gown, Purell. So it's telling you to do the, uh, to gel your hands, to de- to sanitize your hands every time you do anything. So you're doing it a lot during the doffing process, but it's really important because you want to reduce anything that did land. You really want to reduce that burden instead of letting it build up. So you want to do that frequently. Areas where people tend to miss are the backs of the hands in between the fingers and then the wrists around where the gloves end. So those are areas that typically people don't do a great job of making sure they get when they're washing their hands, whether it's with soap and water or with alcohol gel. So you want to be careful in those areas. Areas that are important to keep in mind are taking gloves off. People often are not careful with this, and there's things you really want to keep in mind. One is not popping them. If you turn it into a slingshot, then any virus that's on those gloves is going to get shot around the room. Also, it's not necessarily intuitive or easy to take gloves off with only touching dirty surfaces to dirty surfaces and clean to clean. Same thing with those protective yellow gowns or whatever gowns you're using. It is really easy to think you're just ripping that thing off and you're safe. But if you're not careful to keep the clean inside part being the only part you touch instead of the dirty outside part, you can end up contaminating yourself after you're done as you're taking the stuff off. So it's not just a matter of ripping off gowns and tearing off gloves. The doffing has to be done very deliberately and slowly and carefully. So Christina does a nice job of going through this. And then the final piece is actually a modified difficult airway algorithm. So it's hard enough to think about intubating COVID-positive patients and all the PPE and the preparation you have to do. By the way, it is incredibly difficult to communicate in those rooms. If you have a paparon or a respirator, it is really hard to communicate between people. So you have to really think through what you're doing beforehand. Now imagine if it's a difficult airway, that's going to complicate things even more. And there are some alterations to the traditional ASA difficult airway algorithm that makes sense to think about in these patients. And so Christina is going to actually take you through in on a mannequin the things that you can do to alter that difficult airway algorithm to try to maximize both safety and success in these patients. So things you need to keep in mind. First of all, in a straightforward COVID-19 intubation, we talked with Alexi about how we wanted to do this in a prior episode. We want to do rapid sequence intubation, avoid uh, mask ventilation completely, et cetera. And that's great if it goes smoothly. But if you can't ventilate the patient, you can't intubate the patient, then you need to think about how you're going to do those things. So, for example, if you do need to bag mask this patient, how are you going to do that safely? Safe for you, safe for anyone else in the room. Part of that is going to depend on things like what are people in the room wearing? So if everybody has on full PAPR PPE, then you may be okay to ventilate, to mask ventilate that patient, even if you don't have a viral filter, though ideally you would, though you want to keep in mind that not everyone in the room may be. It depends on what's happening in your institution. If only the person actually manipulating the airway has full PPE on, and the nurse who may be charting in the, uh, at the computer on the side of the room doesn't, then you want to think about whether it's going to be safe to uh, aerosolize virus around that room. What if you need to ventilate through something like an LMA? How do you do that? What if you want to convert from an LMA to an endotracheal tube? What's the best way to do that? So Christina will cover some of this and give some great tips. 
one of the things Christina will talk about and show you on the mannequin is our approach, which is if we can't immediately get the tube in, to try putting in an AirQ LMA. Now, I don't have any relationship with AirQ. I don't get any money from them. Um, but the reason we like using that is that you can pretty easily intubate through an AirQ LMA. And again, you would only do this in an emergency situation where you couldn't get a tube in initially through your initial RSI attempt. But you can ventilate through the LMA and then relatively easily, and Christina will show you how to do this if you haven't seen it done, intubate through that same AirQ LMA. And it's a nice technique to be able to do. It is theoretically ventilating through that LMA might minimize uh, contamination of the room more than mask ventilation. Now, I can't prove that to you. We don't know that for sure, but that's at least something to think about since you can uh, have it a little bit more contained. So there's a really good stuff in here. Check out the video. It's about 45 minutes long um, and uh, hopefully will be useful. If you have questions, obviously uh, be in touch. So that's what this is going to be. We'll direct you now to the video in the show notes. Huge thank you to Christina Miller for both doing this and for making it available and to all the residents in it for being okay with their pictures going out. All right, let us know what you think. And of course, if you have comments, go to the website, com and leave them there. You may be able to help other people. Tell us what you're doing, how what you're doing either adds to what Christina's showing here or differs from it. That would be really useful. You can also join the conversation on Twitter. I'm at Jay Wolpaw, and we're at ACRAC Podcast. And, of course, you can also join the Facebook group for ACRAC. If you're a fan of the show, please consider going to iTunes and leaving a comment and a rating. It helps others find the show. And if you want to support the making of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash ACRAC. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash A-C-C-R-A-C, where you can become a patron of the show. Even if it's just a dollar or two that you pledge, it makes a big difference, and we really appreciate it. You can make a donation anytime by going to paypal.me slash ACRAC. Thank you so much to those who have already made donations and are already patrons. Huge thank you to Kimia Cash Cooley, who is our ACRAC intern, and of course uh, to Dr. Brian Park and April Liu, who make the outlines for some of the episodes that are really great. And you may notice now for some of the more recent ones, they also include times. So you can actually look at the outline that they make and see where in the episode each topic falls if you want to just skip straight to that. So that's been huge. And thank you to them for doing that. And of course, Dr. Dennis Quo, who composed our original ACRAC music. He has a website, studymusicproject.com, and you can check that out. All right. That is it for today for the ACRAC podcast and Dr. Christina Miller's fantastic video. I'm Jed Walpaw. Thanks for listening. Remember, what you're doing out there every day is really important and valued. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.